final segment, Canuck Central here on uh, Sportsnet 650 in the Kintec studio and on your favorite podcatcher. Appreciate those listening on demand wherever they are with their favorite podcatcher. Please subscribe, leave a review. We do appreciate it. This hour is brought to you by Andrew Sherritt Limited, your plumbing and heating wholesaler, a proud family-owned BC company helping local business since 1892. And here in the Kintec studio, Kintec Footwear and Orthotics, Canada's favorite orthotics provider, supported by over 1,500 five-star, 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 five-star Google reviews. Find your perfect fit at Kintech.net. Don Taylor is going to join us uh, in a couple of moments here, Sat. Um, but it's... Incredible, we're four games in, and there is this, um, well, existential crisis on this Canuck season, at the very least. Um, Things are not good at the same time. Uh, There is still enough time to grow out of it yeah, and get yourself out of it. But uh, the longer this lasts, like Saturday will be interesting. Because Canucks fans have every right to be upset with what they've seen so far. And there's a very real chance this team uh, comes into their home opener still winless five games into the season. Yeah. Uh, That's ugly. It's it's very ugly. And it's something this team has never done. Yeah. They've never lost four in a row coming into their home opener, let alone five. But hey, they're setting all sorts of historical marks this season. (laughs) Breaking records. Uh, Let's... uh, Bring in our next guest. He joins us uh, weekly here on Canuck Central. It's Don Taylor, Donnie and Dolly, 10 to noon on Check TV, Monday through Friday. Donnie, have, have you ever seen a poorer start to the season for the Vancouver Canucks? Well, first of all, guys, am I allowed on anymore? Uh, we're talking about I'm the old washed-up TV star. You guys are <laughs> rising in the industry, TV stars, young, fresh. I'm not so sure I'm worthy, but I'll, I'll give it my best shot. Great job yesterday, guys. Appreciate Welcome that. Welcome to the TV club. Thank you. You know what we were, we were going to say? I mean, you know, it was all officially made and we didn't have you on, but, you know, you were the real trendsetter in all this before. So we're just <laughs> following in your footsteps steps here, Don. Yeah. yeah, I think TV was invented. I mean, I'm old, but not that old. <laughs> long before I came along. The, the start that rem- that I remember more than any, you know, there was bad starts. There's actually a bad start, uh, a little bit unbelievably, in 94-95 when they came out winless in four straight, right mm-hmm. after the Stanley Cup run, run, although there was a labor dispute that uh, halted the start of that season initially. Uh, and then there was a you know bad start or two with the, during the Messier era. But the one I remember is um, I, I worked up north for about five or six years, came back to Vancouver, and the first coach uh, that I had to deal with for a full season, first it was Harry Neal, but no, pardon me, the first coach I had to deal with, I got that wrong, was indeed Bill LaForge. And that was 84-85. You guys probably weren't even born yet. But he lasted 20 games, and it was pretty controversial because I think they won just four of those 20 games to start. It was controversial because he came from uh, junior hockey. He was with Kamloops, had success there. And all the thought was, if you're going to hire a junior coach, why don't you go with Ernie Punch McLean of the U.S. Bruins, four straight Memorial Cups, all of that. So it was a pretty controversial hire. Never was a great fit. Uh, even even in a short period of time, you could tell it just wasn't a great fit. And uh, Bill's passed away, so I want to I want to be respectful here. It didn't work out. Um, so a- after 20 games, he left. That was a horrible start. 
uh, for the Vancouver Canucks. That one really st- sticks out because you could just tell, even, even though I was just, just started covering the team and, and going into the dressing room and all that, you could just tell it wasn't right. Mm-hmm. So, I'll, I'll, and it, it being my first uh, team that I covered coming back from up north, it, it really stuck out for me. So that was, that was a really, really bad start. It was only, it was only two years after a Stanley Cup run. So disappointing. That, that, I'm not saying this one reminds me of that, but um, for Canuck Nation's sake, let's hope it's not headed that way. No, we certainly hope not. But I mean, you know, the big frustrating part about all this going on too is that, you know, last year it was easy to, to assign blame because, you know, all, all all the usual suspects were still here. Benning was here. Travis Green was behind the bench and people were fed up. And it's like, okay, it's obvious. You, you, we, we need to get rid of these guys. And that's what these guys have to do. Right now, there is blame to go around. But there isn't the same one person you can point to. I know Miller's taking a lot of heat, Horvath's taking heat, Boudreaux's taking heat, management's taking heat. But yeah. there isn't somebody who has to individually pay the price here. And I think that's what makes it a more frustrating. And the fact that everybody just has to kind of wait to see what happens. And usually we have you know a rabbit hole to go down or, we're, or we have an idea what has to happen. Now it's kind of yeah. like we're all paralyzed by what's going on. Yeah, and, and I, I think a lot of people on our show today we're pointing the finger at management and the, you know, the inability to acquire some significant, real significant help on the blue line. Uh, so there was that. And I, I do wonder guys, if they were, um, Oh, three and one to start the season, but had battled hard for 60 or in the case of the other day, 60 plus minutes every night. I, I wonder what the conversation would be like. It's, it's the ability or the inability to hold, Multi, multiple goal leads that I think really has people upset. And that's, it, it's, it's just really frustrating for people who expected a whole lot more from this team. Again, I don't think it's so much the record as the way the record was compiled. And like you say, Sat, just, I, I, you know, there there's a, just seems a, a lot of blame to go around. And we had some people today, I don't know about you guys, but we had some people today still blaming the old regime, and, <laughs> you know, the salary cap considerations and, and, and difficulties with, with the cap and, who they acquired and didn't didn't acquire, and you know the assets they lost. We had people still blaming the Benning era. Well, it, it's hard not to, to a certain extent. You know, they they have as much as you know it would be nice, and it's easy to say they they needed to fix the defense. I mean, Sat and I talk about this all the time, Donnie. You know, like the defense is already expensive, right? They've got Myers yeah. back there, they've got OEL back there, they've got Pullman. It's not as easy as like going and trading six million dollars off your forward group and adding another. Six million dollar defenseman. I, I think it's 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 a multi layered issue, but at the same time, you know this management group they committed to Miller, they went out and signed Mikheyev, they they traded a second round pick to to move on from Dickinson and bring in Riley Stillman. I mean, yeah. you know, like there there are some moves and some plays that they've made that you can criticize. Yeah, and you know we a lot of people just hated giving up the, the second round uh, second round draft pick, but. You know, that point about the expansive uh, blue line is absolutely uh, bang on. Uh, the only thing is, I, I think a lot of people look at the, the makeup of the roster and they see a real strength there in, in, in what they have down the middle. Uh, Pedersen, Miller, and, and Horvat. So you've got a real strength there. The envy of a lot of teams, you know, why aren't you, and, and they're expensive players, or you know, we'll see what happens with Horvat's contract. So why are you not subtracting from that strength and adding adding to a weakness? So I think that frustrates a, a lot of people, even if it means adding to a, a, a weakness that's already pretty expensive. 
add anyway because you've got this this strike. So I think that's frustrating for a lot of people. Yeah, and you know, as far as where they go from here, I do find it interesting watching what Boudreaux's done, and we've kind of gone through this, how many cards he's already played here. You know, he backskates the guys, yeah. he he benches Connor Garland, and even going back to last year, Donnie, he played a lot of cards. I mean, he did everything he, he could. He threw everything at the kitchen sink, and the kitchen mm-hmm. sink, at trying to get these guys into the playoffs, right? So... Yeah. How many more tricks does he have left up his sleeve? And I see the frustration in his face. And it's not me saying he's going to get fired because I still don't think they want to be paying three coaches this year unless things go really wrong. But, you know, I, I think he's having a hard time finding answers and, and the and the tax he's taken so far aren't working out. And they're pretty high-profile ones. Yeah, and last year a lot of it was the penalty killing and who he used. There were other moves he, he made as well. Uh, he shuffled up the lines. You mentioned the bag skate. Yeah, he's... He's playing all, 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 the, all the cards. The one that I didn't love, and uh, Garland I get because that gets a lot of attention, but uh, the one I was didn't love, and again, I don't know if you guys have talked about it today, uh, but uh, that I didn't really understand was because Boudreau loves a guy like Kyle Burroughs, yeah, a minor leaguer. 100%. You know, and, and, and he just, he, I just thought he was so good the night before, the, you know, yeah, the night before, and he really stood out, got a lot of minutes, and uh, then he gets he gets benched and, and, and maybe it had to do with maybe he was hurt more than we know with the Kuznetsov slash. I'm not really sure, but I, I, I Garland gets, you know, it, it, it wakes people up, you know, he's $5 million player. So I, I, I get that. And, and that's going to wake people up. And he wasn't happy with the way he was playing all, all of that. Okay. But I just, uh, I just didn't get the burrows. I, I know he was talking about righty lefty. and I don't know. I just, it, it just bothered me. I just look at burrows. Who's a, Real, uh, is becoming a fan favorite and just all-out effort really paid his dues. I, I just wonder what that did to chemistry last night. Well, he he was their best player Saturday against Philly, uh, and uh, Monday, you know, he was he was pretty good. Played I think twenty four, twenty five minutes against yeah against Washington, and then it's uh, oh we got Pullman and Myers back, so uh, we're we're good. Um, yeah. which was which was kind of strange. And the other part of that is is Jack Rathbone, who's yet to see the ice yet, and. I don't. I don't know, Donnie. I, I, like I haven't seen enough out of Riley Stillman to really justify keeping Rathbone any out of the lineup any longer. Well, you know what we expected from Riley Stillman was a lot of physicality, mm-hmm. and I mean the, the, the play that stood out for me was him chasing Gudra around the net yesterday. Um, you know, on, on the winning goal. So there, there's that, but I just I haven't seen a whole lot of that uh, uh, yet. So yeah, um, you know, there's improvement to be made there. I I don't know, guys. It's just a, it's just a big mystery. I. I hope they get Burroughs back into the lineup. I think it, as much as they were losing with him in the lineup, I just don't think he was the, the main reason. In fact, I think he's a reason you're going to be able to turn this thing around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, it really has to be. The solutions are going to have to come from these guys internally, right? And that's that's really where it's at. I mean, the roster is pretty much locked in. It's not going to be easy to make trades. They're not going to be, you know, firing coaches. Yeah. It's, it's, it's about these guys figuring it out. And we have a front-row seat of watching this either be a massive disaster or maybe they do turn things around. But, you know, there's been, you know, when, when teams are losing, Donnie, there's always rumors coming out, too. And there's been a lot of reports, too, about dysfunction in the locker room. We heard that yeah. last year as well. And the latest one from Colby Cohen, who's an analyst in Chicago, former NHL player, about uh, maybe everything isn't right in the locker room. Ultimately, yeah. we've heard this stuff in the past. Does it just come down to winning hockey games, or do you think there's more there? Well, let me ask you this about the dysfunction of the locker room, which may or not be true. I mean, look, I mean, people at work have issues, right? Yeah. No matter what what your workplace is like, right? Um, 
do you think the Golden State Warriors have a you know a dysfunctional <laughs> locker room? I don't know. Yeah. Kind of looks like it. Yeah, I mean, punching uh, each other you know, out. Yeah. You know, I mean, I haven't heard of any Canuck punching anybody. You know, yeah. I, 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 and I go back. I, I said this today on the on the, the show when I got accused of being an old man. I'm used to that. I'm fine. But I remember when I was a kid growing up, the best team in baseball was, believe it or not, the Oakland A's. And they had Reggie Jackson, Vida Blue, Joe Rudy, a whole bunch of great players, Catfish Hunter. They hated each other. There was articles in Sports Illustrated about how much they just couldn't stand each other. That was a dysfunctional locker room. They won three straight World Series titles. Mm. And then I look at the, you know, the visuals of Draymond Green the other day going nuts and i'm and yeah it's, they probably all don't get along it's a business guys and if you yeah. even if you don't get along with somebody you got to go out on the ice at the very least for yourself and work your ass off for the team because that's the way you keep a job and i i just i i, I yeah the dysfunctional locker room can't have an effect no doubt about it but at some point you've got to suck it up put that aside and play hockey so i i i buy that there may be dysfunction but i don't buy that that's the reason they're playing so poorly yeah, you're not going to like everybody that that you work with, no matter yeah. what. You know, you might go to a team and get traded, and and guess what? You're not going to like everybody in that locker room. Sure, either. Yeah. So it's it's really about professionalism and just you know getting it done, and and that's maybe the most frustrating part to the to the start of this season is just you know. Um, just switching off at different points of games and and getting burned by it uh poor line changes like we saw in the Gaudreau goal last night it's just you know all these little things that are compounding on this team that should be fixable mistakes Donnie yeah that goal really bothered me um just because again I I I go back to this a lot but you know helping out in minor hockey and and I know it was a bad line change, but when somebody's wheeling and dealing up the ice, you don't wait for them. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't don't let them get started. That 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 really, but 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 it is fixable. Okay, so that there is that. There's there's something you you learn, and and it, it seems like most of the things that are going wrong are are fixable. So maybe that's a slight ray, a ray of hope. And I know a lot of people have said this, and I've seen a lot. Not a lot of people point this out, but a couple of guys I know that know a whole lot about hockey more than I do. And they just say, look, if this happened in the middle of the season, would it be a, would it be a big deal? And uh, mm-hmm. I, I, the the problem is, is I agree with that, but I can't remember a team, a Canuck team, losing multiple goal leads like this yeah. at any point in the season. No, when I mean, context matters too, right, Donnie? I mean, it's not like we're sitting here and saying, oh, you know, these guys have to get to a, get off to a good start. They themselves preached about the importance of having a good start and how they yeah. wanted to improve their habits and how they've matured and how they're serious this year and how they're they've got it figured out and they got a lot to prove. Unfinished business. Yeah, this is what they said. I mean, we're not even we're we're not setting a standard on them that we're you know just projecting. This is literally what they set out to do, and they're failing to do what they set out to do. And and, and the management moves. I know that you know there's restrictions because of the cap and all that, and what was left uh, for them by the the, the previous uh, era, era. But they didn't make a whole lot of moves, so it makes you believe that they believed in this core at the very least, and that 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 meant to everybody who cares about the Canucks that they believed in it and they expected a lot more than 0-3-1 with all four games, including multiple blown leads. That's what, that's what they, they said with their moves or lack of moves that that's, that's what they expected. So, you know, criticize away. Yeah. It, it feels like this, this locker room is in need of a, a Kevin Bieksa type. Maybe they'll just turn Juice's one-day contract into a full yeah. one-year. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. That that wouldn't be a bad idea. It's just somebody that they're scared of. Uh, Donnie, you're the best. Thanks for this.
Anytime, guys. And again, congratulations on the TV gig and always fun. Thanks, guys. Uh, there he is, Don Taylor. Donnie and Dolly, 10 to noon, check TV uh, with uh, Rick Dollywall. Appreciate that as always from Donnie. Great stuff. And I mean, you know, that that's ultimately a lot of it, you know, as far as whether this would be a big deal at the beginning of the, you know, if this was at any other point in time in the season. I, I would actually say when you've done something that's never happened on any four game stretch in NHL history, uh, Dan, I think that in and of itself means that if this happened at any point in time in the season, it would still be criticized. You know, if you're doing something that's never happened before, and that's kind of where we're at. And they got to figure this out. And there's really no help coming. Like, and, that, and I keep making that point. Maybe they make a minor move here and there, but as far as drastic changes come, it's not going to be in the next month. Yeah. It, every day, every game is still an evaluation process for this front office because they haven't made that big move yet. To, to shake up the core that we were sort of expecting at some point, Sat. Like, yeah, and they themselves mentioned they may have to do. Yes. So until that happens, there's going to be wonder of when that comes down. Yeah. And, you know, now that Miller's been locked up, obviously the, uh, the crosshairs are going to be on the captain until that situation gets settled. And I don't feel like it's a good sign if they continue down this path that, that they've gone on with the results that they've had. No, it's not. But if you are if you want to make meaningful trades, yeah, and we're not talking about, you know, um, Bo Horvat because, you know, that, that's coming to a head. Yeah. I, the other guys, if your team is losing and playing poorly and these guys aren't performing, what's their value right now? Yeah unless you play better, you don't have any options until things turn around. That's uh, the that's lo- really it. Like that's the story of uh, the Vancouver Canucks and, and trades over the last uh, num- number of years. Uh, the Canucks ha- ha- need some habitual line crossing players with snarl. That's a minor <laughs> Matt and Abbotsford. I love it. With snarl. <laughs> um, uh, they got to start holding each other accountable a little bit more. Um, I think that's uh, that's maybe a one place to start. Uh, all right, it's uh, Dan Riccio and Satyar Shah, Canucks Central. Tomorrow we'll be on at 2 o'clock as uh, we get uh, ready for the Canucks and Minnesota Wilds. We'll be on uh, 2 to 4, and then pregame firing up at 4 o'clock, getting you ready for the 5 o'clock puck drop against those Minnesota Wilds. Yeah. Uh, before we head out, I wanted to read a text from one of our valued listeners And it is from Kristen Langley says, hey, guys, I know a lot of people aren't always big fans of police officers, but it's a tough day for a lot of us out there. If you know anyone who's a police officer or if you have anyone in your family, check in on them, please. Hope you guys have a great day. And what he's referencing to is a Burnaby RCMP constable, Shailen Yang, who was killed responding to a call on Tuesday. Uh, It's it's incredibly sad uh, because what she was doing is she worked with Burnaby Detachment's mental health and homelessness outreach team outreach team. And it's just a very sad situation, yeah. and uh, we feel for her and her family and all their colleagues. So uh, thanks for texting that in, Chris, and we're thinking of you and and everybody involved. Uh, yes, thank you for the text, Chris. Uh, appreciate all of you that have texted in through the course of the day and been part of the program. We're back tomorrow at 2 o'clock for producer Josh Elliott-Wolf and Ben Basran, my co-host Satyar Shah. I'm Dan Richo. You've been listening to Canuck Central on Sportsnet 650.